Lock them out and bar the door. Lock them out forevermore. Nook and cranny, window, door. Seal them out forevermore. Listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 234. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we discuss, critique, and rip some silent but deadlies in Silence of the Lames. What's going on, guys? I'm Vito. I'm Jim. And again in the hot seat, we have our silent partner, Mike Heckman. Hi, guys. He's a little less silent this week. Although that sounded really timid. Hi, hi, hi guys. That's I have, uh, to, well, I, have to, I have to give off the illusion that I can't talk still. Um, <laughs> but I can a little bit better. Uh, yeah, no, I've, uh, I'm here. Hi. How you doing? For, the, for those of you who don't know Mike in real life, that first voice that you heard is actually his real voice. Yeah, that's that's well. It's it's not so much. It's my real like sex voice. Like that's how I talk Ooh, in the throes. It's really? uh, it's haunting. It's haunting. <laughs> that's TMI, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, that. But you do. You look really good tonight. So, oh, thanks, man. So you look good. really good. You're looking pretty sexy yourself. <laughs> well, thank you. Is what you've got contagious? Because you've rendered me speechless. <laughs> Sorry. I was just sitting on that one. Um, uh, I don't know. Can, can you get can you get herpes through a Zoom call? Oh. I think I just did. <laughs> um, oh, well, yeah, anyway. I'm, uh, yeah. No, I say I'm. I'm here a little bit more tonight. I'm still going to be the silent partner, um, but uh, I can actually uh, mostly can just because we found out that the show is better without you. <laughs> it's true. That's that's actually very true. Um, yeah. No. I uh, since in the week uh, since last episode, um, my my injury has uh, has healed very very nicely, or is healing very nicely. Um, but uh, as I'm no longer on vocal rest. My my doctors are still advising me to not talk for long periods of time. Ergo, podcast is uh, out, and I'm not taking any chances when it comes to my voice. Therefore, you get the soothing sounds of Mr. Vito and Fuckwad. V- Vito Power and Lord Fuckwad. <laughs> well, that's good to hear that you're healing. That's... You know, the coolest thing about this whole injury is that uh, you know what is how it? The, like the whole what the, the whole what? In, the whole injury. Who's who's got who's got the voice problem? Huh? <laughs> um, mine's from you know. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> choking on choke. I, that's a popsicle, guys. I was eating a popsicle earlier, and I froze oh, my I thought vocal it was a banana. God, get it's your gross. head out of the banana grove. Who is the dead guy? No, the coolest thing about this injury <laughs> is that. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Um, that thing that our parents used to yell at us for when we were younger, blowing bubbles in your chocolate milk, Mike actually gets to do that on the regular and he, he, and he has to, he's, he's required to, to, to recover from his horrible injury. (laughs) Yeah. Who knew one of the, one of the vocal, I'm in vocal therapy right now because I have to like keep my, my vocal cords moving a certain way so that they don't like, I guess there's a thing to where when you have an injury to your cords, if they heal like improperly without proper, um, like uh, exercise, basically, uh, they can actually heal 
like paralyzed almost or seized a little bit. Basically so one of like the, any other muscular injury. Pretty much. So one yeah. of the one of the exercises though is I literally have to like um, blow bubbles while humming and it creates some weird back pressure like in your in your on your vocal cords give and us it like a, keeps them moving. It's it's interesting. Give us a little taste. Oh, you want a little taste of here? Yeah. yeah, just give us mm. just give us give a little us, taste. Give us some throat bubbles. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much my life right now. It's Michael fun. Michael James Heckman, sit down. Is your why can't why can I not think of your middle your your middle name's not James, is it? No, what that's your first it? name, James. That's Michael, your first name, Michael Jordan Heckman. Nope. Kenneth. Nope. John. No, that's hey, there it is. Is it John? God, like I think John I Heckman. I think I think I realize who the true best friend is now. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think there was ever a doubt, was there? <laughs> that's a stupid thing to say well, you gotta, that, good. You that gotta like somebody said, to be best friends with them that's true that's true uh that being said i am going to uh disappear back into obscurity uh for part you know for the rest of the show i might pop in here and there if i have something to say that uh you know is worthwhile a, but uh i'm gonna let these two guys you know <laughs> we'll see off we'll see what's a, worthwhile that you come in on the show <laughs> So hot. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm, I might not be saying that for anybody in. in yeah, these I was going to say. Yeah, I don't think we'll need you for that one. On, I don't, on this maybe, you know what though? You know what was hot though? Kissing the devil's ass was pretty hot. So that was. Yeah, that was. That's yeah. true. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm going to go, guys. Enjoy the show, and uh, I'll be here if you need anything. All right. Bye, Mike. Bye. Mike Bye. out. All right. Nice. Now time for 10 seconds of awkward silence while we figure out what to talk about. James, how was your week today? Or, yep, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was eight seconds. That was painful. <laughs> oh, it was good. I, uh, I, had, I had an eventful week. I sent you guys a snap. I, uh, I jo- oh, how, yeah. did I, how did I word it? I joined the cue ball club? Yeah. Is that... And Mike, you took a. Oh, have you not actually seen it yet, Mike? Hold on. Oh, he's revealing it. <laughs> Wait, what do you? You've seen a picture of it, Mike. I sent you a picture, dude. I saw one picture, and that was it. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's even. I've, I gave up on, on Zoom. I gave up on having hair. I shaved my head. It's not razored. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take a razor to my head. I. There's just no point. I'm doing the Jason Statham sort of like. A number one sort of shaded in, you know, with the yeah. Huge... You do kind of look like Jason Statham now, kind of same, from the top of the ears same, and up. Same physique and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know I'm supposed to be silent now, but I do have a question for Shut you. Shut the fuck up. When is the sweet head tattoo coming? I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, I really she get a dragon down the side of your head. I really need a head tattoo, right? No, do I mean do it, like it, a eight it feels, ball? It feels almost get a tattoo. Ace. Get a tattoo of the bald guy from Guess Who right on the top of the little bald spot. Like I the actually Guess Who card. <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about? No, Homer I Simpson. Do, hair. I need to do somebody. I need to do somebody with facial hair because on the sides and the back of my head, my hair still grows in super thick. So I could just, if I get somebody uh, who has facial hair tattooed on the back of my head, I could just grow in their facial hair. <laughs> In, in, in on the back what? of my head 
of course, my wife, and, and she would definitely never do it, so probably you, Mike, would have to actually trim the hair to make the proper facial hair formation. Yeah, so, I would only do I, that I know if you, you like would. started developing a growth or something and then put like glasses on and make the growth the nose. <laughs> that that's uh, that it, could be fun. And instead of having a doctor check it out, I just yeah, I just I just really lean into it. <laughs> well, you know, opportunity. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Besides that, uh, I got I also got a new phone. Fu- yes, Michael. That's what I'm talking Mike, about, right? Mike there, just bud. found the perfect picture of exactly what James was describing. That is frightening. Oh my god. That's horrifying. Oh god. That is really <laughs> really What where where do people why, go to see this? Why Pinterest. Are they, why are they what did so you search? <laughs> I think uh, you just searched nightmare. <laughs> my personal nightmare. I searched um, best worst head tattoos hair. <laughs> I could oh, always God. go super basic and just get the little guy with the lawnmower, you know? That's always a go. fun one. There you go. But uh, nice. yeah, other than that, I got a new phone moving up in the world. A lot of life changes oh. in the last week. A lot of life changes. Very so, nice. Yeah, nothing other than that. I uh, mowed my lawn today in preparation for our three to four inches of snow on Wednesday. Did you what? know? That? Really? Go for the uh, Eddie Monster. Oh, God. That's even worse. <laughs> oh, there's more. It's so gross that he actually has the eyebrows, too. The tattoo oh. it's, the tattoo itself is pretty good, though. That's like a pretty good photorealistic tattoo. Yeah, that is. Okay, That's I'm done. horrifying, though. Yeah, Mike, did you hear we're getting snow on Wednesday, apparently? Yeah, I did. I don't believe it. I'm sorry. I'll, I, I think what, Dave What's Rex- the weather like right now? I think Dave Rexroth is looking at the, <laughs> looking at the radar with his bad eye. Um... <laughs> In case you don't know, since you've been gone from Michigan for so long, Mike, or Vito, uh, Dave Rexroth a few years ago lost his eye in a in a uh, fireworks accident. Did you know that? Oh, no. Yeah. No, I did not. So now he has a glass Notice. eye. <laughs> now he has a glass eye. But, uh, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the weather right now, the weather was beautiful today. It was sunny and, like, I don't know, 60 degrees maybe. So he's still got one eye on the weather. That's good. <laughs> And, a, and apparently we're getting three to four inches on Wednesday. So that's nuts. Who knows, man? Uh, anyway, what do you, what have you been up to? Uh, I'm I'm hungover a bit, <laughs> so I'm struggling from, a little from, from last had, week. Uh, still, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I I haven't even finished that whole thing. I did put the Cosmic Silence uh, Stout on ice cream. As a topping, and oh, that did was you? delicious. Did you reduce it, or did you just pour it straight on? I just poured it straight on. You probably could it, it literally you, is like chocolate it, syrup. It basically is like syrup, yeah. But no, we were celebrating a friend's birthday uh, last night, and uh, finally had a little uh, outdoor gathering party. We all dressed up, did dancing in, a, in our other friend's backyard, and it was wonderful. And they actually were projecting silent movies, uh, in the backyard, which was oh. very appropriate for this yeah, episode. Very on theme. But uh, yeah, it was the first time we've had a party like that for over a year now. So That's good, man. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, my wife got her first vaccination shot. Oh, so good. Well on our way. Now you got, it. you got yours already, right? Yeah. The first, uh, first one? We're both we getting our second one. Week. Yeah, we're both getting our <laughs> second one in May, early May. So... I get my second one on Wednesday when we're supposed to be getting a ton of snow, so that'll be fun. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Pa- past 
past uh, past that, two weeks past, or not? I guess not two weeks past that. Two weeks past Mike getting his second shot, which is when? When's your second shot, Mike? Uh, a week from this Tuesday. A week from this Tuesday. Then we'll be we'll be mm. back in person pretty soon. Nice. Um, cool, man. Well, no snow for you guys, I'm assuming. Nope. No, it was actually really hot today. So. How hot? Felt like summer. Uh, I didn't look at, it felt like 80 in, cause we were in the Burbank area, but it's Ugh. cooler here in Santa Barbara. I want that. I want hot weather back. I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm so sick of Michigan doing its fucking Michigan thing in the past couple months. I just need some hot weather. Also, I need some color on my head cause it's very white right now. <laughs> 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 um, well, cool, man. Uh, I guess, uh, let's get into some corrections from last week then. All right. Oh, God. What the fuck, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) Is that the Hulk? Stupid! You're so stupid! All right. A couple corrections here for you. Uh, First up, Rutger Hauer. Last week, I was talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Bomb. Right for the. (laughs) Jeez. I just had a stroke. (laughs) Robert. Ruffy the Bonfire Slayer. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I said Rutger Hauer played Pothos. His character's name was Lothos. <laughs> um, right. That's great. Uh, we were wondering, or I was, I, I said, I think that the ring remake the american remake is a pretty faithful remake to the original uh, oh yeah j horror i was i was wrong about that um in fact many of the supernatural elements are taken out of the uh the american version oh and really? and they oversimplify the plot and the article that i was reading said the most likely explanation for oversimplifying the plot and taking out a lot of the supernatural stuff and this makes me so, so sad, uh, is to make it more palatable for an American audience with a straightforward plot, solid scares, and simplicity. Like, that's oh. just... What, how, what does that that's say what about... Us, what does that say what about us, us Americans a, need. Fucking, it's, yeah, our, it's, it's such a, it's it's such a joke, dude. <laughs> like, it's our safety net. We just... Oh. <laughs> just underhand, please. It, underhand it, it, those movies to us. It's like, this is why people <laughs> laugh at us all over the world. Call us stupid Americans because we are apparently. I need you to spoon feed me a fucking the plot to a movie, otherwise I'm not interested. Well, speaking of stupid Americans, uh, you misspoke uh, last week, and <laughs> you were saying that the Chainsaw Awards were on Saturday when they are in fact on Sunday tonight. Tonight, uh, yes, because we're recording on Sunday this week. It's, um, it's not that they are tonight. They were tonight. They were tonight. They're over. Oh, thank you. I'm a stupid American as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. That's all what right, I'm here um, for in small doses. Do we... Is that it? That's all you've got? That's Mike, all I did, have. Mike, did you say you had something or not? I can't remember. Um, I was just going to say that Mike said that the Buffy the Slayer... Buffy the Slayer movie. <laughs> Ruffy uh, the Bonfire Slayer. <laughs> yeah, Ruffy, Ruffy the Bonfire, the Bonfire Slayer, Slayer uh, was terrible. When in fact uh, he is stupid and it's amazing. Yep. That's that's yep. pretty much my only correction. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Go go check out Ruffy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's it Ruffy, for corrections. Just, she, she just runs around campgrounds putting out people's bonfires. 
She's just she's just that DNR officer who's a total dick to everybody. Uh, it's it's ten thirty one. It's time to put out that fucking fire. Shut the fuck up, Ruffy. <laughs> Ruffy, you're slaying the bonfire, boo. Um, I gotta plug my computer. Wait, why the fuck is my computer? Oh, hold on. Where's your computer? <laughs> uh, hey, <James>? what? <laughs> what? No, no, no. It's I, I. have to plug it into the wall. I unplugged it earlier to do something, and I have to plug it back in. So why don't you tell the fine people what we're uh, what movies we're talking about this week? Oh yes. Yeah. So uh, tonight we are discussing two silent horror films uh, because uh, our silent partner Mike is still silent. So that seemed like the appropriate. Uh, Venture. <clears throat> Tonight we are talking about 1922's Hexen and 2005's The Call of Cthulhu. Was that the sound of real pad and, pad and pen note taking that, that I heard? Wow. That, that's exactly what you heard. <laughs> Those so, are my notes. <laughs> it's so, uh, so old school. I love it. So vintage. So retro. <laughs> um, keeps me grounded. Uh, to go along with that... We had a suggestion here from Vito Power about what we should drink this week, and then he went out and bought himself something different. <laughs> what a prick. Did you all, you bought some of this as well, though, right? I did. Yeah, I have both. <clears throat> um, why don't you start with your first one, because I forgot to look up to see if there's a, a write-up for this one, and I want to look it up real quick. So why, oh, don't you, okay. why don't you start with your fancy one first? So uh, the fancy one, again, from Modern Times. I had another one uh, last week. Uh, this was done by Modern Times in a collaboration with Equilibrium Brewing Company. It's called Silence of Light. This 13% Imperial Stout Craft is positively loaded with pistachios, cocoa, and vanilla, delivering a glorious dose of dessert-inspired magic to your blessed taste buds. So you're hungover. <laughs> yep. And you went and, went and bought yourself a 13 percenter. <laughs> it's the only thing with silence in the title that I could oh, find. Oh, for God's sake. All right. And then what I'm drinking is uh, this one. No, I didn't look this up to confirm. Are you sure this is made by Sam Adams? The picture I sent you guys said Sam Adams. Okay. So was it? A I know picture? it doesn't say I will, on my can. I will, I'll look at this up, guys. All right. Thank you, Michael. Our silent partner, Michael, is looking this up. because Angry if it, Orchard <laughs> Cider Company. Because if it's not... I mean, it does say affiliate of the Boston Beer Company, so it's it's possible. Mm. But if it's not, then this whole idea doesn't work, you realize. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, so Michael and I are drinking uh, just a classic, An Angry Orchard Angry Orchard Hard Cider Crisp Apple. Uh, naturally, ooh, it's naturally gluten-free, 5% alcohol by volume. Now the reason behind this is because Vito, uh, we're trying to we're trying to um, corroborate this right now. <clears throat> Vito says that Angry Orchard is actually made by the Sad An Sam Adams Brewery. Adam, mm -hmm. Sam Adams, Adams Apple, Adams Apple. Mike got fucking you know rocked in the Adams apple by a washing machine uh and rendering thus, him silent <laughs> and thus he is silent <laughs> rendered silent um so if it is made by sam adams it works out quite nicely uh if it's not Vito failed us horribly <laughs> well that's why i got the silence of light <laughs> yeah. okay so Thanks. so the boston beer company 
is the same company that makes Sam Adams. So okay. they're owned by the same people. Same okay. umbrella, different brands, it seems so, like. So we're going to call this one a loose connection. <laughs> just, yeah, just like my, like my, like my voice, like my voice to my body. <laughs> what would you, would, you, would you say? Mark? It's a loose connection, like my voice to my body. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's and right. All, and also like your dick to your body. <laughs> just that just sort of hangs there. Just nothing, sort of hangs there flaccid all of the time. Nothing loose about that one. Hey. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, anyway, that's Speaking what we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. Wait, aren't we going to taste the beers? Oh, fucking hell, dude. <laughs> I am not right. editing that out. <laughs> huh? I don't expect you to. This is... <laughs> we don't edit this show ever. Right? James, don't you have your right? structure of the show right. Right, in Mike? front of you where we taste the beers? This is... Uh, this is this has been a, a long day for me. My allergies are bad. I have very itchy eyes and a very runny nose. So, <laughs> what's well, wrong let's with nurse you, it with some beer. So I'm disoriented. You took so long to open that beer. What, well, this Mike? This is looking a little more liquidy. Mike, what? I feel like I feel like Mike cracked that beer as gently as possible so it wouldn't make sound. <laughs> as opposed to like no. letting it crack in its full glory. Yeah, I was right up against the mic. That looks like a very uh, another very dark beer. Yeah, it, it does look more le- or less syrupy than. <laughs> I like a so we'll I like a good I like a good syrupy beer. You know, <laughs> I, do, I don't really like stouts, so I keep getting these. Stouts. All right, cheers, boys. Cheers. I mean, that's just a good crisp flavor. That's what that is. Wow. How's this yours? tastes more like chocolate than the last one. <clears throat> what was the actual, what was the title of this one again? Uh, Silence of Light. Silence of Light. And it's a, a stout, another imperial mm-hmm. stout? Yep. That's tasty. That I like this one a lot better than last week's. I like this one because it's, uh, cider is just a very good summer beer. Or summer drink, rather, you know. I love I love ciders in the summer. But do you like it better than last week's? <laughs> Come on, that's hard to say. It's a toss up. It really is a toss up. <laughs> I have a feeling like I, I have a feeling that this one won't wake me up at three in the m to three three in the morning to uh, go blow blow out my bathroom. <laughs> so who are you blowing at three a.m. <laughs> You know, you were there. <laughs> Blowing bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing what my vocal coach told me to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Angry I Orchard, trying, I was, hard I was, cider, crisp apple. It's delightful. I was trying to blow my bubbles, but he kept talking about Sam Squatch, and I didn't know how to shut him up. <laughs> Who's Bubbles? <laughs> Yeah, I know, Mike. <laughs> Mike doesn't like. Mike doesn't get when people reply to one of his jokes with another joke, because he doesn't. Never mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now can I do the thing? You can go now. Okay. That's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed.
unfortunately, we do have to start this week off uh, with some deaths, plural. Yeesh. Quite a few of them here, unfortunately. Uh, bad week for the horror community as far as people staying alive goes. Uh, first up, <laughs> first up, rest in peace to Felix Silla. Or I wonder if it's Silla or Sia. It's an S I L L A. I'm not sure. What what uh, nationality? I'm not sure. It's oh. Felix. It's Felix with an with an with it. Well, what, who else wouldn't? It? It's I don't I I don't know. We'll have to look it up to find out the nationality because that would obviously help us in in knowing the pronunciation of. I'm gonna go with Silla. He's though. from Italy. Okay, that doesn't help me. Do they do a a, a ya sound with the double L? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have no idea. Anyway, um, actor and stuntman best known for playing cousin It on the Adams Family, uh, the original live action TV show Adams Family <clears throat> back in the sixties. Uh, he passed away at the age of eighty-four after a battle uh, with pancreatic cancer. Um, very sad. Aside from the Adams Family, his horror credits include. I think I got that right. Um, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, Demon Seed, The Manitou, uh, The Brood, The Dungeon Master, and House. And as a stunt performer, he worked on Poltergeist, The Monster Squad, and Phantasm 2, as well as many non-horror titles. Wow. Uh, He was also, Michael just chimed in here, he was also an Ewok in uh, in the Star Wars film Return of the Jedi. So, very cool. And he was a dink in Spaceballs. Oh yeah, and it so so he kind of he kind of covered wow. both bases with the uh, what a career yeah absolutely um, so yes rest in peace to Felix Silla Sia and I don't <laughs> Mike tried to <laughs> Mike Mike tried to chime in on the chat and and instead of saying in a dink in <laughs> oh I see he's making a joke. <laughs> I'm so terrible at this. He said also so appropriate. So in, a, appropriate Mike. in a in a dong in balls from space. That's very very disrespectful. That's not even a joke. That's just <laughs> stupid. Um, I feel like Felix would appreciate the joke. All right. Also, uh, rest in peace to Army of Darkness actor Timothy Patrick Quill, Michigan boy, right? Born born and raised in Detroit, uh, and I believe you said earlier he actually passed away here in Franklin, Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Quill played a blacksmith in Sam Raimi's third Evil Dead film, Army of Darkness, and also appeared in all three of Raimi's Spider-Man movies. <clears throat> uh, upon hearing of his passing, Bruce Campbell tweeted, Tim was a mainstay in our uh, amateur Super 8 flicks and loved working, uh, and I loved working with him decades later on Army of Darkness, and my name is Bruce. Tim was full of fun and mischief, and he left all on the dance floor. Safe travels, sir. So, uh, yeah, nice little tribute rest there from, from Bruce. Yep, rest in peace to Timothy Patrick Quill. Uh, next up, a couple more here. Oh, Mike says, random fact, he was a swimmer in high school, too. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thanks for letting us know. Is there anything else about his childhood you'd like to chime in with? No? Okay. Um, kind of sticking with the Army of Darkness theme here. Uh, rest in peace to Italian artist Enzo Schiotti, uh, who illustrated the Italian poster for Army of Darkness, which uh, has it's become one of the most iconic pieces of artwork based on the movie. I know that that's 
when I think of Army of Darkness, I think of this particular poster. I, d- I didn't know that it was actually by this artist. It's um, the one with the Evil Dead 2 skull, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the one with the skull yeah. up in the left hand, yeah, like kind of looking yeah. over its shoulder. Yeah, that, wow. uh, that, um, that's what always jumps into my mind every, every time I think of Army of Darkness. Um, Sciati, or Sciati, also illustrated posters for Italian masters of horror Lucio Falci, Dario Argento, and Lamberto Bava for films including The House by the Cemetery, The Beyond, Manhattan Baby, A Cat in the Brain, Phenomena, Two Evil Eyes, and Demons. He was 77 years old. Mike says... Yeah. Mike's art was incredible. <laughs> Mike says, ran- I was gonna steal random, <laughs> random fact, this dude's art was incredible. Maybe, maybe he should have sold them as NFTs, right? <laughs> we had a we had a like a twenty five minute conversation about NFTs before the show. Maybe we should get into it again because that's a fun conversation, huh? Let's do next week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not here, <laughs> or 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 never because they don't make any sense. All right, um, last last up here, uh, finally. Because there's so many deaths this week. Uh, another Italian horror legend, makeup effects artist Gianetto De Rossi, has passed away at the age of 79. De Rossi has many credits, but made a name for himself as a makeup effects giant with Lucio Fulci's Zombie. He also uh, teamed up with Fulci for The Beyond and House by the Cemetery. Um, and after spending the 80s and 90s working mostly on fantasy and action films, he returned to horror in 2003 with High Tension, which, have you ever seen High Tension? No. Very cool movie. You should check it out. And like don't to. And don't listen to our episode about it, because it's got a twist. I haven't. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, and he also directed three films over the course of his career. So, um, yeah, rest in peace to Gianetto De Rossi. Um, next up here. A little bit of uh, legal news, you know, which is always fun, listening to people battle it out in courts, right? And that's cool. That's what I like about horror. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, we all kind of know, we, we know the history be- behind um, Friday the 13th and, uh, you know, Sean Cunningham's fight with the, with the uh, is that fight with... What production comes? It's Sean Cunningham's fight with the original screenwriter over the rights to the original movie. Right, that. So, kind of in the vein of that, because once Sean Cunningham started getting mixed up in the courts, it realized that you know other people realized, hey, we might be able to kind of get some some stuff going here too. So, <clears throat> the uh, writers of the original Predator are seeking a lawsuit uh, against Disney. <laughs> Um, which owns 20th Century what? Fox now. Uh, and they're basically trying to recapture the rights to the franchise. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I, I didn't, I, I'm kind of just reading out of the article here because there's a lot of information. But uh, the Thomas brothers are seeking to exploit copy, copyright laws termination provision, which allows authors to cancel transfers after a waiting period of uh, 35 years, typically. For newer works what's up mike no. oh were you just drawing 35 in the air backwards <laughs> um okay. according to the complaint the effective termination date for their screenplay originally titled hunters is april 17th this saturday uh jim and john thomas say they served a termination notice all the way back in 2016 and for four and a half years have heard no objection so uh hmm. 
Yeah, Disney has been fast-tracking a secret Predator sequel under the shooting title Skulls, which was scheduled to begin production this May and June under the direction of 10 Cloverfield Lane's Dan Trachtenberg. I'm assuming that they were fast-tracking it so that they could probably try and hold on to the rights. Wow. Right? Isn't that... That's that's essentially what happened with um, the Hellraiser franchise. Right. The difference is, though, um, to my understanding, the difference is that these types of lawsuits, it's after 35 years, the original writers get the rights to their their original stories back. Uh-huh. So making a movie would not... Um, oh, making a movie would not keep those rights. Usually oh, really? Those, okay. Like in the case of Hellraiser, there was like a provision where if you didn't do anything with the franchise for X amount of time, yeah. then it would like revert back to somebody. That's <clears throat> different than this. There's so no my such provision this time. So basically, yeah. They my would... understanding is if they were fast tracking it for any particular reason, it was probably just so that they could make a movie and bank off of it, knowing that this guy was you know because they said they've already put in these because <laughs> if there's. Because if like there's anything that ago, Disney so. needs, it's more money, right? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> the point more is, though, if they have this franchise, they know they're going to probably lose it pretty soon because of this copyright lawsuit. Mm-hmm. They probably wanted to get in there and make a movie real quick so they can at least bank off of something before they lose it. Sure. Now, that's mm. probably my guess. All conjecture, it's, it's all a guess, but that, to me, is what that sounds like. Um. Yeah. Uh, all the info that I just gave you is off of uh, Bloody Disgusting. They've got a link to where you can read even more about the case if you want to. And uh, the lawsuit is being handled by the same guy who's who's handling the Friday the 13th and Hellraiser cases. So, oh, great. So we won't have a new Predator movie for 17 years. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> Unless somebody makes some dope-ass, you know, like uh, fan, fan-made stuff like... Um, uh, never hunt alone. Like, I'm waiting like for never it. hike alone. That would be great. Yeah. So yeah, never hunt alone. Never. <laughs> I'm 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 been waiting since Predator Two, honestly, for a good Predator sequel. I haven't seen any of the the newest ones, uh, but I guess yeah, I haven't pre- seen Shane Black's, but it has not gotten great reviews. Yeah, Predator as a character though has always been one of my favorite characters. So I've oh, like yeah. you, I've been waiting for a really banger Predator movie, but. Apparently no, no, no so far. AVP, yes. Michael, yeah. <laughs> AVP is fun. Um. Uh. Yeah. What? Uh. What, the, 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 I think I've only got one left. So what's new on Blue, baby? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you've mentioned Saw is making its 4K debut on May 11th, but Best Buy <clears throat> has just announced that they will be releasing an exclusive version of the James Wan franchise starter in stunning. Steelbook packaging. You know, it sounds same extras as before. It sounds (laughs) it sounds sexier coming out of your mouth than it does out of mine. You know that? I was completely imitating you. So, oh, well, I'm very flattered. And Mike's distracting us again. Michael, next, I'm going to just move to the next Blu-ray. Scream Factory has announced a slew of releases coming this summer. Uh, let's start off with House of Wax from 2005. This is the remake. Uh, it'll be released on July 13th with a new HD transfer created specifically for this release and a new interview with actress Paris Hilton. Oh, awesome. Actress Paris Hilton. Actress. I have never seen this. I love the, uh, Vincent Price, uh, movie from the fifties. What movie did you say it was? I still have not... House of Wax. Oh, House from of 2005. Wax. 2005. Yeah, I actually, I mean, if 
you know how early 2000s horror was, right? It, it, they basically Mike says it's not terrible. They basically were all <laughs> the exact same movie. House of Wax is pretty, yeah. House of Wax is pretty fun. And I'd like to see it. And Paris Hilton, I I actually remember being cuz I remember hearing she was going to be in this movie and I'm just like because it was back when like she had the TV show and all that, and I was like, really? Do we have to do this? Do we have to put Paris Hilton in this movie? And I remember actually being sort of impressed by her. Not that she, she was ama- it, she, not that yeah. she was amazing, just that she wasn't terrible. All of her scenes are weirdly shot in <laughs> night vision, Mike says. <laughs> and What's you, weird and is and you uh, can't understand anything she says. Oh, I'm oh, curious oh, what oh, a oh, new oh, new oh. interview. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious what a new interview about this movie specifically would be like. Like, what is she? What is she gonna share with us about her time uh, filming sh- House of Wax? Shooting was so hot. <laughs> oh, Mike just said the same <laughs> thing. It was hot. <laughs> <laughs> also from Scream Factory, uh, a stranger is watching from 1982. <laughs> the, uh, this will the, also, the, this will release the James, July. The James Baird story. <laughs> <laughs> the James Baird story. A stranger will is release watching. on. July 20th with all new HD transfer of the film. This is actually a Sean Cunningham uh, film hot off the heels of Friday the 13th. Oh. And it stars Rip Torn. I've never heard of it. but Rip Torn. Is there a better name than that in all of Hollywood? No. If there is, I don't want to hear No, there it. isn't. Um, well, have you heard of like... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. All right. Eight-Legged Freaks from 2002 will also be released July 20th with extras to be announced soon. I've still never seen that movie. Oh, it's fun. Have you? Yeah, it's fun. It's, uh, it's, spiders, it's, my, like... it's my nightmare because I hate spiders, but, you know, yes. in terms of giant spiders movies, it's fun. And that is right, Mike. Rip Torn would never have made it in porn. That's true. Um, well, maybe a certain kind of porn. <laughs> gosh. Oh, yes. God. no. Moving on. Chamber of Horrors from 1966 will be released July 27th with an all-new HD transfer of the film. Uh, this movie is apparently very inspired inspired by 1953's House of Wax oh. and used some of its sets, which is very interesting. So, um, Very cool. You're gonna have to read Mike's comments. Maybe he maybe he starred in that movie. What was it called? I, I missed the title. Chamber of Horrors. <laughs> Chamber of Horrors. Nice. <laughs> That's great. Uh, a collector's edition of Brotherhood of the Wolf from 2001 will be released July 27th as well, with extras to be announced soon. You know, I've, I've never heard of this movie. I've never seen it. I've been wanting to actually do it for this show, though. Um, it's uh, that's the one with Guy Pierce, right? Does it say uh, in no, there? I, no, but I do know it has Jimmy Lee from Double Dragon. Oh, it's so, not the one with Guy Pierce. Which one? I what? didn't see Guy Pierce in the in the what, credits. What am I thinking of? You thinking about Ravenous? May- oh, maybe I'm thinking of Ravenous. Is Guy Pierce in Ravenous? I'm pretty sure he is. Maybe I am. But yeah, I've never heard of this movie, and it looks really cool. Like uh, looking into it, so. Check it out. Yeah. This one I'm the most excited about. Scream Factory Collector's Edition of The Dead Zone from 1983. Oh, sorry. Vincent Castle. I was thinking of Vincent Castle, not Guy Pierce. Oh, okay. There's something. I don't know who that is. They, you don't know who that is? No. They both have... I, I think I got them mixed up because they both have really angular faces. They have fox faces, <laughs> okay. you know what I mean? 
Fox faces. Yeah, like some like people have. What is that? A Stephen King thing? Some people have fox faces. Some people have pig faces. Then every once in a while you have people, or some people have horse faces. Some people have pig faces. And every once in a while you have somebody who has a fox face. What do I have? Um, you have a horse face. Oh, thanks. And I have a pig. And I have a I have a pig face. Mike has a pig face. Mike Mike might have a fox face. It doesn't matter. Two pigs, one horse. <laughs> Our new name. So, um, sounds like another so Rip Torn title. <laughs> <laughs> David Cronenberg's The Dead Zone will be released July 27th with a new HD transfer of the film. Uh, the Dead Zone's fantastic. You guys did it on the show. It was a good show. The house. It's on fire. She's screaming. The ice. The ice. It's going to break. <laughs> Don't let him... Don't have this hockey game. <laughs> I fucking suck at walking, dude. <laughs> uh, it's so fun to do, though. And finally, from Blue Underground, uh, we are getting a 4K Ultra HD release of Two Evil Eyes from 1990 on August 24th. Have you have you ever seen Two Evil Eyes? It's uh, Yeah, it's the story of <laughs> Dave Rexroth before he had his accident. <laughs> Uh, Mike appreciated released that in, one. <laughs> released in 1990, Two Evil Eyes was a collaboration between co-directors Dario Argento and George A. Romero, ma- uh, making up two tales based on the works of Edgar Allan Poe. I actually, uh, I, I've yeah, I've I've heard of this movie and I I've been wanting to see it and I've never actually watched it before. Have you? It's yeah, it, it's as far as anthologies go, it's not great. Um, oh really? Yeah. But it's interesting enough because it's got Adrian Barbeau and um, Tom Atkins and Argento's is pretty good with Harvey Keitel, but it's still not the best Argento. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not their best work individually, but it's it's interesting enough to for a watch. Uh, and that is what is new on Blue. All right. Um, well, <laughs> we're going to... I realized that I, I probably could have left the Predator news for last because I was like, after I was looking at my news, I was like... The last thing I have is a freaking remake of Slumber Party Massacre <laughs> on sci-fi. You have one more on thing sci-fi, too. but then I decided to skip that one because we have more important information here. Um, Michael actually sent us the <clears throat> the winner lineup for uh, the Chainsaw Awards that took place tonight. So we're gonna we're gonna do you want to do you guys want to hear all of these? Yeah, yeah, you want to hear? Okay, here we go. Um, so Chainsaw Chainsaw Awards 2021, which just happened this evening, best supporting performance: Clancy Brown, Mr. Krabs. Nice, Clancy Brown for the Mortuary Collection, which I really, really want to do the Mortuary Collection for this show. I've been wanting to do it for quite a while. It it just looks like a super super fun um, anthology. Have you seen anything about it, Mike? Nope. No, it looks it looks awesome. It's on Shutter, I believe. But I like Clancy Brown. $4.99 a month. Just get it, you know? Uh, best streaming premiere. Host. Host? Oh, that was that the uh, a Zoom call one? Yes. Michael's saying yes. Oh, okay. you guys mentioned that. I did. Yeah, I did hear that that movie was pretty damn good. Uh, best first feature. This is pretty cool. Like, I their their categories are different from you know like normal boring bullshit uh award shows so uh best first feature come to daddy oh that was the uh specter vision one right 
Elijah Woods in it, and uh, um, damn, what's that guy's? Oh, fuck, uh, Stephen McCaddy, the guy from Pool. Yeah, that movie looked pretty good. I actually want to check that one out. <clears throat> uh, best series: What We Do in the Shadows. I haven't seen the series oh, yet. Oh, I still need to watch that. I haven't seen the series yet, but if it's as good as the movie, then well deserved. Yeah, the movie's fantastic. <clears throat> uh, best makeup effects: Dan Martin for Possessor. Very cool. Uh, best international movie, La Llorona. I have heard good things about La Llorona. What's up, Michael? Mm-hmm. Come to Daddy was not a Spectre Vision movie. Oh, it was just... But it was Elijah Wood. It was just Wood. Elijah, yeah, Elijah, was Elijah Wood, Wood was in it? Okay. Uh, not Spectre Vision, though. Okay. All right, cool. Thank you for that uh, that real-time correction. Uh, achievement in nonfiction, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Right? Come Woo! on. Give it up. Give it up for Uncle Joe. All right, best score, Jim Williams, Possessor. Jim Williams cashing in on that last name, right? <laughs> Is there... John. John Williams. <laughs> that one. I was thinking Steve Williams. Oh, what but... the... <laughs> you guys, come on. Uh, be- <laughs> best creature effects, Dan Martin, The Color. Um, all right, I got to read it. Did you type it this way on purpose? Okay. <laughs> Best creature effects, Dan Martin, the color out of shape. And I'm even correcting you even more. Or, or, I'm I'm doing your fuck up, but I'm correcting you too because you put the color hour of shape. <laughs> you suck at this. Typo. Uh, Best limited release, color out of space, color out of shape. Uh, the, best I, screen. I will say this. I will say this real quick. Given all of the... Um, <clears throat> Given all of the controversies oh, surrounding uh, Richard Stanley right now, Rich, yeah, uh, when those two movies won, they were so hush hush about it. Like it was almost kind of awkward. Like when the effects make when, the, uh, when Dan, what's his name, won Dan Martin, for, when Dan Martin, because he also won for best special effects for right. the other one, right. And so when he won for this one, it was just like a really quickly. I'm gonna thank blah blah. It was like short and sweet, and that's it. And then yeah. when when Colorado Shape won for best limited release, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even have anybody accept it. It was just the host that goes, SpectreVision yeah. says thank you, and that's it. Like, they didn't, there was no, yeah. nothing. They know it's a little poisonous right now, so yeah. they want to, they want to, I mean, it's cool that they won, and it's mm-hmm. well-deserved, because um, it was a great movie, but uh, yeah, it's understandable that yeah. they want to, like, keep yeah. it low-key right now. Yeah, Color Out of <laughs> Space, great movie, and a great Foo Fighters album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Is that why you always say the color out of shape? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, but, but okay. It's, all right. It's like subconscious. It's subconscious. Yeah. It's not like you're, it's not like you're doing it on purpose. Uh, all right. What do we have here? Best screenplay: Lee Wanell for The Invisible Man. Uh, I have nice. I have to agree with that. The fucking I still need to see it. The Invisible Man was it. so good. It it was it, it, like it made me so uncomfortable and so tense the entire movie, which is what you're looking for, right? Uh, best director Lee Wanell, The Invisible Man. Best lead, nice. best lead performance Elizabeth Moss, The Invisible Man. Best kill Restaurant Death, The Invisible Man, and best wide release. Take a guess. The Invisible Man. No, it was actually uh, Haxon from 1922. <laughs> 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 yes, of course, The Invisible Man. So, so The Invisible Man pretty much fucking swept all the big categories there. So, um, congratulations. Yeah, it was really good, dude. Very, very good. Um, so yeah, that's it for the news for this week. Um, 
Lots of good stuff there. We're going to take a little break here, and when we get back, we're going to... It's going to be difficult. We're going to sit in... I thought you were just going to be silent. We're going to, we're going to sit in silence for like 45 minutes, and then uh, you're going to have to watch this on YouTube, and every once in a while, there will be a black screen with some text on it. So we'll, we'll work it out. And we'll be back. Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about. Now, I've been we've been corrected by uh, by veto power here because you know me and Mike being the the dumb Americans that we are, we've been calling this movie Haxon, or to make it even more Midwestern, we've been probably calling it Haxon, right? Haxon, Haxon. Well, we watched Haxon, so uh, um, but it's actually Hexon. That's what I saw on Google. Is that the? That's all I did. <laughs> oh, so so because Google told you that means it's true. All right, uh, Hex Hexen fictionalized documentary showing the evolution of witchcraft from its pagan roots to its confusion with hysteria in Eastern Europe. Directed by Benjamin Christensen. Uh, this movie's this movie. This, so this is my this is my first time ever seeing this movie. Same. Um, I liked it a lot. I loved and, it. And it's it's kind of, it's it's weird like so the other movie that we watched was uh it's a silent film made in 2005 right mhm um and and you can kind of you can kind of get a feel like even though it was meant to have a vintage look to it you can kind of get a feel for the fact that it was made you know it was a contemporary like film digitally. made to yeah yeah this digitally was, to made to look like a silent film this movie does not, and I'm sure we watched a remastered video, uh, a remastered version of it, but this movie does not look like 1922 to me. Oh no! It, what do, do you, you think? What, do, do you have, have some? Do you have some well, information for me? Or no, I don't have info. I, I mean, I thought it, it's definitely remastered and stuff, but I think I that's it what 1920. Oh well, it, well the it it looked really yeah like the but just the, it looked really good. It looked it looked it's vintage. It had the vintage really feel, well. but like it yeah it just it looked fantastic. Like it, I don't know if the version that we were watching was just what's up, Michael. I just wanted to say, to my knowledge, there isn't a version of Hexen <laughs> available that is not remastered. To my knowledge. Really? Okay. I don't believe so. I could be wrong on that, but in in the little hmm. bit of research that I did on him, every version that I've seen that's available is remastered in at least some way. Well, so I believe I've... the one that we watched is either the one or very close to the Criterion version. Okay. Um, and a lot of what makes it not feel vintage is the fact that the soundtrack is completely re-recorded. Yeah. Right. Uh, which which it had to be because for, uh, again from what I was exist, reading about right? these, it doesn't exist. These movies back then, at least a lot of these silent movies, they were actually played with a live symphony. Real, yeah. They were played orchestra. with a live orchestra. Yeah. So there was no soundtrack that was attached to them. Mm-hmm. So the the music that you're hearing in the in this version that we watched was basically what they gathered to be the closest representation to what would have been there um, 
in its original uh, theatrical premiere, based on the, the the first recorded record, I believe, of it. Um, the first recorded record of what was played with it was from like a few months afterwards, mm. and that's what they based that off of. I'd be so curi- it's re-recorded music, so the music sounds really you know, good. It I'd sounds amazing because hear... it was recorded now. Yeah, yeah. I'd be I'd be curious to hear that. Uh, that recording of like the you know the one what they were actually playing along with it back then a few months there after isn't it was re- no there there isn't a recording of it I'm it's saying just basically I, on paper I'm saying I'd be curious because this but James to me, it doesn't exist I, I don't understand <laughs> like I'm let so- it go I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I'm just saying you know what I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry, guys. I can't do this. Anymore. But yes, I'm. You've, I'm glad that there's only a you've, remaster. You've hurt, this you've is hurt, fantastic. You've hurt my feelings at this point, and that's that's enough. <laughs> He's gonna turn his camera um, off again. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, because to me, the the score in this movie, although like portions of it are really good at uh, sort of imitating what the style of music from back then, I feel like there is still some really contemporary. Uh, um portions to the score yeah, in this it, movie. It's hard to say. It, you know, like there really... was a there was a lot of there was a lot of like uh sound effects utilizing the strings and stuff that um there's sounds that you could have made on the strings back then, but they just didn't because it wasn't the style of the time. It was more it was like you know jo- uh Joseph Bashara is that the guy who does all the he's oh, jo- yeah Mike's yeah, he's he's the guy. He like the stuff that he does with strings is you know haunting yeah. and and just like so terrible sometimes. Yeah, terrible in a good way because it makes you have nightmares. But like there was some of that going on in this movie, and it was yeah that was the type of stuff that just like to do that on an instrument, like especially a a violin back then, wouldn't have been socially acceptable. You know what I, I mean? I will say this for sure. Like my the Nosferatu uh, DVD I have the soundtrack sounds a little more what I would think a 1920s orchestra written score would be for a movie like this. Yeah. So I agree with you, and that could definitely be the case. But either way, it, it sounds really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not complaining at all because the score for this movie was so good. Um, I feel like they struck a good, a good balance between, you know, like injecting some of that old, that old, old style of... Um, orchestration uh with like some newer elements and i thought it it worked really really well i was really surprised by this movie i didn't know what to expect but i didn't realize um it was going to be kind of like a documentary in seven parts and it was really cool the way they broke it up and they're literally like titles of part one you know yeah part one was all like pictures Mm -hmm. and inner titles and part two goes to live action and so so on and so forth. And I really thought that was a unique, even now, it, like it was unique at the time and unique now of <clears throat> well, a way to kind of do a movie. Well, it was cool too that uh, like how uh, how upfront the, the director was too about what was happening. Uh, it, they weren't trying to sell it as a, as like a, well, because this it's a fictionalized documentary, of course, but like right. they would say, they would kind of instead of just filling in the blanks and trying to sell that as fact, they would they would basically be like, "There's no records from this time, so this is basically 
our interpretation of what they probably would have done with us knowing the amount that we do know about the way they thought and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's very like meta because it came off like Mike said as an educational movie. Yeah, yeah. Like you just you know here's here's what we know here's the history of it, um, which really set the tone and set the creepiness because you feel like it gave me the same feeling as like watching found footage, mm-hmm. which really made me think of the Blair Witch because mm-hmm. it's like delving into this history and then it goes off the rails in the fantasy fan fantastic portions of the movie yeah and it's like it it was really cool i was like kind of on edge just learning the history and like um especially like you know kissing the devil's ass that yeah is that disturbed me (laughs) is that so so i know it says it's a fictionalized documentary but i'm assuming that a lot of the information mike says it's so hot (laughs) i'm assuming that a lot of the information in the this you know fictionalized i i, I want to call it a mockumentary but it's it's not because a mockumentary I, I typically think of as a, like a, a funny movie you know like a it's documentary uh, style yeah yeah like uh like a best in show m- mighty win best in show yeah yep. spinal tap sort of thing but um i'm assuming that a lot of the information that they used was based in fact right yeah. Like even even if it was a fictionalized documentary, I'm assuming oh, that they did their homework on, you know the the Inquisition, you know like this this religious sect that was. Um, oh, are you? What you're? No, that's to Mike. That's to Mike. Oh, that's to Mike. <laughs> Save it. <laughs> um, uh, I just I just read it. I read it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, but I really so so I think a lot of the information that they were giving you was like true information, stuff that the, that was actually accurate to uh, you know the historical, um, the historical side of the story. I really wish I saw this movie before I saw the Vivich, uh, which you guys already talked about, and I won't spoil here. But um, I because I need to rewatch that movie. I liked it, but I was confused because I didn't actually know aspects of what witches do and the history of witches yeah and this whole movie beat by beat tells you everything that you need to know um and i learned a lot like (laughs) i learned a lot about the i actually didn't think i actually didn't think about that you're right though like the the witch does the vivich it was educational it was educational (laughs) it educated Um, me yeah i want to rewatch the witch now the vivich yeah same Um, here uh, well, and then there's a whole other discussion to get into about what's going on in that movie, which I, right, you know, right. like you've you said, already we, had, <laughs> we've already had that conversation. So, but yeah, um, you learn all about the witches' Sabbath and like the celebration they have and the things they do, like yeah, kissing the the, 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 the way that they would, ass. the way that they would. I mean, we've all heard about the, uh, <clears throat> you know, like the Salem witch trials and stuff like that, but just seeing the seeing the way the 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 religious side of it mm-hmm. like the way this uh what did they did they call them the inquisition yeah they did seeing the way the inquisition would almost um they wanted to believe so badly that these women were witches that they were willing to push them to the point of admitting that they were witches even if they weren't just yeah. to just to fit They're their just narrative, which is them. like, 
Exactly. Which is, it's like you see shit like that nowadays. Even you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's stuff like that that still goes on. It's so. It, Mike says it was all such bullshit. Fucking Christians. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it, it it's it and it's and it's creepy. And I have no doubt that that's how it went down. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and the, the there's way... that there's that thing that you always hear <laughs> that is just so. It's so frustrating. First of all, it's frustrating to just see like the stupidity of these people and uh, like the way that they will the way that they will link certain things like they'll make they'll make these tiny little um, connections between an action, you know, like a, 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 a co- like a, a correlation between two things. And they go, well, right. that that must be because of witchcraft. And yeah. And then to like to know that they to know that they would they would you know like stick a woman underwater, and if she didn't if she floated to the top, then she was a witch. So they would immediately pull her out and burn her at the stake. Yeah. And if she sunk to the bottom and she died because she was hogtied, then they would go, oh well, thank God that her soul was clean and now she'll rest peacefully in heaven. It's like you just yeah sick. You just murdered somebody. Like, yeah. So it's so messed up. And it kind of kind of backtrack. There there is like a kind of a small narrative uh, of this, and it follows Maria the Weaver, um, and she's someone who gets uh, accused of witchcraft in this portion. Um, so the Inquisition, uh, you know, there there's a lot of little. Who cares? <laughs> like, there's a lot of story <laughs> elements about it, but it, essentially, she gets accused of witchcraft and then tortured into confession. Yeah. And uh, by that point, I was like, as scary as the beginning of this movie was, like uh, creeping me out about witch witchcraft and the devil <clears> and stuff. <throat> I was more afraid of like the religious leaders and their hypocrisy. They're just these like Pharisee like uh, yeah. leaders, and yeah. it just got me so angry. Um, cause it's just sad. And there, there is a point where one of them like goes up to one of the monks and he's like, I'm having evil thoughts. He goes, Oh, okay. I'm they having, go into a room. I'm having, I'm having <laughs> sinf- sinful thoughts. And he gets out a whip and just starts whipping him. And I just thought of uh, last week, like, okay, more S and M. All right. And then, <laughs> and then when he stops, wick, when he stops, I, 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 uh, because I because I'm a piece of shit and I and I do this show and my mind is always on like dick and sex jokes and stuff. I just when the guy walks in and he goes, I'm having sinful thoughts, and then like the, and he holds his hand over holds his hands over his crotch, right? And the the uh, like the elder looks at him and he's like like gestures and he's like, oh yeah yeah, like I'm getting hard ons whatever, and so he takes him in to whip him. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is a silent movie, and if we could hear this guy, if we could hear this guy, he's probably just going, oh, yes, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy stops whipping him, and he goes, why did you stop hitting me with the scourge? I still have sinful thoughts. And I'm just like, this fucker just wanted a little, he just wanted a little beating. That's all he yeah. wanted. But as a and result, so- as a result, some poor poor woman had to die. Because he's a yeah. freak. It's, it's not really, funny. 
it's not funny, but in this, in these terms, it's funny. <laughs> that was kind of the surprising thing was this movie. I thought it was going to like follow like you know a good person, and then this evil witch would come in. But it was more about like the, the women's perspective of history of yeah. like being labeled a witch, and they're not. And I thought that was super interesting. Well, and it really like it was it was really heavily focused on um, the psychological aspect of it, too. Like they were like, yep. <laughs> they were like, so all of these all of these things that people would accuse women of uh, being witches for in 1922 when this was released, they're like, well, now we have modern doctors who know all of these symptoms to be classic symptoms of hysteria, which is funny when you watch this. It's like <laughs> they go like. You go okay back in the mid, uh, mid um, medieval times or the Middle Ages or whatever they were saying. Everybody said, "Oh well, it's they had this catch-all term. It's witchcraft, right? Mm-hmm. These women are acting this way because it's witchcraft. That right. was their that was their umbrella term." And then they got to the modern age, nineteen twenty-two, with all their fancy doctors, and then they still had an umbrella term of hysteria hysteria all of these women are just hysterical and we know that we can treat them with you know sending to, sending them to a spa or committing them to the mental hospital and it's and now you think of us watching it in modern times we're like well that woman was a kleptomaniac uh that woman had um you know was probably uh like the uh the the other woman was like a pyromaniac right Woman, one woman was a, a sleepwalker, but they had this blanket term of hysteria for all. Not only women. that, sometimes it's just this woman's sexually active. This woman has anxiety. Right. This woman's depressed. She has it's hysteria. A blanket term of hysteria. We need- Let's <laughs> electroshock them. And it like it, it kind of makes them you- to shower and like it, whatever. Whenever it kind of makes you wonder if in eighty years people will be watching movies that we've made now, where somebody's like, "Oh, well, he's." Uh, he has obsessive compulsive disorder. And then in 80 years from now, they'll have like 10 different 10 different things that would have fallen under the umbrella of obsessive compulsive disorder. You know? Or this woman's a demi rat. <laughs> and and sacrifices babies. <laughs> oh, Thank yeah, God what if we just QAnon. go on? What if we just go full circle and we just start burning witches again? That's what's crazy. This is almost 100 years ago. And I yeah. found it so relevant today. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. What a cool, it's very feminist. It's only a year out from being 100 years. That's yeah. cra- it's crazy. It really is. It is and, crazy. And uh, to go back to something Mike said in the chat a couple minutes ago, he said, it all seemed very classist to me. Basically, if you were old or poor to these rich, well-off people, you were a witch. Yeah, which is, but yeah, it's funny also really that point. they also like said, oh, but also if you're young and are beautiful... <laughs> You might be a witch. Yeah, they said it was a it was a dangerous time to be old and ugly. It was also a dangerous time to be young and beautiful. So I was like, yeah. well, I'd be I'd be all right then. It's um it's not very far off of the way that people still treat like homeless people today though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see people you see people on the street like you know, we we I work in Detroit. You know, you see people who are homeless or whatever, and they get treated like absolute dog shit by mm-hmm. by people that don't want anything to do with them or people that you know whatever, like just for the sake of them being homeless, they're looked down and on then, as if they're this evil creature. Basically. But then you so still have this type of stuff still exists today. Oh, it really for sure. does. But you still have, um, 
<clears throat> you basically still have the blanket statements being thrown out too. Back then right. it was, back then it was you'd see a you'd see a homeless person on the street and you'd be like, oh well, it's a witch, obviously. And then in 1922, you'd see a homeless person on the street and you'd be like, oh, they probably suffer from something terrible like hysteria. And yeah. now we have the blank. Uh, I guess we do kind of have the. It's not a blanket term because we obviously get to more specifics once people are di- diagnosed but like when you see a city like Detroit that does have a pretty um pretty big homeless issue you just say oh there's like a there's mental health there's a huge mental health crisis across the board you know um cuz they do i mean obviously like they do they do put that title on and not everybody's home. Not everybody who's homeless has some sort of mental health issue, like especially yeah. nowadays with people losing their jobs and being and out of work for a year and stuff like and that. And sometimes <clears throat> it's not that like the people at least that I've dealt with. It's not that they're witches; they're just straight up bitches. Yeah, right. That's, that's true, that's, Mike. That's, you know, yeah. great. It's like, it's like have it you tried? Of... Have you tried being nicer? Maybe you'd have a house if you were nicer. The, these are the things that I choose to speak for, by the way. <laughs> it kind of goes into two categories in this movie. Like it's either uh, you fear what you don't understand, or you're just drunk on power, and yeah. you're like, you know, use it, in the Middle Ages they're using the church for power, and then it makes the link to uh, the mental health <clears throat> care facilities, institutions, like they're just using their power. I think it's and, I think it's honestly exactly the same way that it is today still. Yeah, and and who that was every the ch- everybody most chilling part everybody in this, this everybody in this movie, uh, who wasn't in a position of power were the ones who were fearing what they didn't understand, and then they would tell the higher powers, "Oh, there's something scary going on here," and then the higher powers, regardless of whether they thought those things were true or not, they just wanted to keep the power. Mm-hmm. So they so they would literally torture a woman into confessing to being a witch, even when she wasn't, just so that they could continue with their narrative and keep their power. Yeah, because once you're once like once you're ridding the world of witches, once you're world ridding the world of the thing that the the common people are afraid of and that that they don't understand, you keep your power because now you're necessary. Which is <laughs> pretty much exactly how the fuck things work these days. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty creepy how relevant this is. Uh, yeah, a hundred years later. Now that's not to say there wasn't like really awesome horror elements in this movie. Oh, there was some. There was some genuinely creepy stuff crap. in this movie. <laughs> yes, not to mention Benjamin Christensen, who directed this and wrote it. He plays the devil in this. Oh, movie. really? Yeah, he's you mean, the, like, you, mean, ah, you mean this guy? Blah, 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 yeah. blah. <laughs> that guy's that guy that guy must have been a huge fan with the ladies. That tongue, that, <laughs> that tongue, that tongue does some work. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of what they're also saying was like perhaps in the Middle Ages, like women actually fantasized about the devil coming into the room, but today, nineteen twenties, <laughs> it's probably going to be a. Uh, like celebrity or a celebrity doctor or celebrity. Oh yeah, know, yeah. It was kind of an interesting. Was it weird the, thing? The, the girl who there wasn't a demon coming. It was in 1922. Was the guy who came into her, the guy who came into her room looked like a uh, an American an American president, and I can't think of which one it was. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. 
Truman? <laughs> Sorry, no. I'm going to just, while you think of that, I'm going to say what Mike um, just wrote. Yeah, the devil was constantly churning butter. There was, <laughs> there was, was so, just jacking it. There was so many demons <laughs> churning butter in this movie. <laughs> and it's it like, was yes. so we, unnerving. It's like, yes, we get it. We get the symbolism. <laughs> You're churning some butter. <laughs> but yeah, let's um, go back to part two of this movie with the first time you see live action. And we follow these two witches who are like cutting off a thief's finger mm. and using it in a, po- a portion, a potion, um, because someone wants a love potion. And Mike wanted us to to say this love potion was made out of dove hearts and cat shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get this guy to drink it. <laughs> well, to to be fair though, it was boiled during a full moon. That's true. So that makes it. That makes the whole cat shit thing, you know, and <laughs> it negates the cat shit. <laughs> and to be honest, the guy that she was feeding it to, I don't think he would even notice if he was eating dove hearts and cat shit because he was so disgusting. I think that guy regularly ate dove hearts and cat shit and just didn't care. <laughs> he uh, also, like, reminded me of the first victim in the movie Seven. Like, oh, God. He's just this, like, just gluttonous, a- disgusting. Dude, this monk. I think that was definitely... Uh, I, I think the director, Ben Christensen, had a... Definitely had a, a spe- like a certain view of clergy. Yeah. And so he... I think he specifically casted people who would just, like, disgust you as the clergyman in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mike said the text cards also read, like, a cradle of... Like, cradle of filth lyrics. <laughs> Except, uh, for, one, except for in the Danish. I was reading the Danish ones. Even did more you have any like uh, favorite parts or like interesting little moments that you liked? Um, anytime the devil showed up, I, I, I really like, I, I actually thought he was genuinely freaky, like um, <laughs> especially turning Mike's butter. Turning like butter Mike right is, now. <laughs> um, there was the, uh, I, I liked, I liked the, portion at the end when they were comparing and contrasting how the how they would deal with witchcraft versus hysteria in the modern Mm -hmm. age i thought that was very um yeah it was interesting to see like at that point how far medicine had come and still and 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 realize like how far it still had to come to get to the point we're at now like that was really interesting to me yeah um and then I, I and then I I liked uh, I liked just from a just from a horror standpoint I liked the the scene where the girl gets called out of her bed from from the devil and she follows mm-hmm. him out into the uh, into the woods where they're having like the the giant which is Sabbath which is Sabbath like yeah that's that's where you see like um, you know pretty much everything that they described in the pictures in the beginning um, yeah. Which was another one of my favorite parts, like actually just seeing all those old pictures and having they them. They were creepy. I liked the fact that he went back, like he would tell you what to look for in the picture, and then he went back and actually pointed them out with the pointer. Yeah. Because those pictures were so detailed, and there was so much going on. They were like a fucking Where's Waldo of Carnage. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like... He, there was so much going on that I'm glad that he went back to the same picture several times where he's like, in this portion, you can see uh, two demons pouring 
rancid, fill, like rancid boiling brimstone down somebody's throat, and I was like, "Oh Jesus, I wouldn't have even noticed that." Yes, please <laughs> take note that this man's getting speared from both ends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Mike, they were incredible. Those drawings, those are incredible drawings. <clears throat> um, what um, about you? Did you have any favorite parts? There was one really tiny part um, near the beginning where there's a witch who curses a guy and says, your filthy mouth will, shall remain open. Mm-hmm. And then he can't close his mouth. And I just, that got to me. I was like, that would be horrible. It'd be <laughs> like, the worst. Like, oh, and he just starts freaking out and mm-hmm. like falls to his knees. That was really cool. But like you said, the witch's Sabbath, all the creatures, there was stop motion in this. With like a creature with a goat head and saggy boobs. <laughs> and I've never seen stop motion this early uh, that I can think of. And it was from good. A, it was, any movie. It was good stop motion too. You yes, know, Mike. Like stop motion actually existed long before this movie. I looked well, it up. I haven't I, seen yeah, it. Yeah, I looked it up. No, I looked it up because I was confused about the same thing. Um because I, you know, you always think of stuff like King Kong, you know, as being like the godfathers of stop motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop motion apparently existed long before then. It was just never really perfected the way that it was in like King Kong. Um, but yeah, there was stop motion existed in the 1800s and stuff like that. It's actually some of the earliest forms of uh, um, like stuff on film too. It's it's That's actually pretty really cool. it's actually pretty interesting yeah. if you look up the history. But yeah, it existed long before that. Yeah, a lot of the That's film right. techniques in this, like all the special effects stuff, they had like things <clears throat> disappearing and they did a lot of like passes over the film. Like when it they was sh- really when they, cool. when they showed all the witches flying on their brooms and it yep. was you know like a double exposure sort of thing. That was really cool. That was really cool. And like yeah, there's like a skeleton horse that like runs around. That was amazing. I love that because it looked really cool, but also at the same time, you could tell it was just two dudes underneath a underneath a sheet <laughs> with a skeleton horse head sticking out. It's like all the porn I watch. And I know, speaking of that, I know we mentioned the drawing of like them kissing Satan's butt, but I like that we got a live action later in the movie of them literally <laughs> kissing some dude's butthole. I think that... <laughs> I think they re- they recreated a lot of the pictures from earlier they in did. the movie. It was really cool. Um, also, every every like I I just I remember thinking when the devil first started showing up, I was like, "This is like a tool video." It looked like an old tool video from the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> and it made me like it even more. I don't know. I just I I liked this movie so much, like and and on all fronts. Um, with silent movies, for me, it's like hit or miss. You know, there's some real, mm-hmm. there's some real fucking snooze fests out there. But this movie was so cool. I loved it. Yeah, I think this one kind of skyrocketed to possibly my favorite. Like, I love Nosferatu, um, but Mike says this all this one was. Oh, sorry, Mike says oh, I love I love all the costumes in the movie as well. And now all I want to see is the remake starring Guar. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be awesome. Um, there was also a sequence in here where they're just showing you the different torture devices mm. that they used on women. I forgot about that, actually. And That's... they're like, I have an actress who wanted to use the thumbscrew. <laughs> like... <laughs> and he's like, I, I won't go into detail about the terrible things I made her admit while she was in the thumbscrew. Um... Yeah, and I thought of Mike with the one, the, the collar, <laughs> the spiked collar neck injury. Was it because of the oh, shot collar? Oh, that sounded awful. <laughs> 
I actually, I've, I've had, uh, we, we put Mike in my, uh, my sister's dog's shock collar one time because he wanted to, feel. so, and then we had him run around my parents' tree in the side yard <laughs> and then we just hit him with the, with like a number 10 every once in a while. Oh my God. I, what did that feel like? He actually left the ground at one point in time. Like his, his, he did like a, he was running at a pretty good clip and I hit him with a number 10. And his feet came up off the ground, and at one point he was completely parallel with the ground. <laughs> so, how many times have you like injured your throat? The collar was not around my neck. The collar was around my leg. Oh, oh, it was around your thigh. Oh. It was around your thigh, and that's why and, you left the ground. <clears throat> and the difference near, is near that, your junk. <laughs> the difference is that with a dog, they have all that hair and stuff to go through, so the, the shock's actually not as bad. And so, on a human, when you're putting it directly against your oh, skin, gosh, it's definitely worse. Well, and also with yeah, a, I can feel also it. with a dog, you don't crank it up to ten. You know, well, <laughs> unless it's a really big do. dog, or unless you're a, a dick. <laughs> Crank it well, out the ten on my Chihuahua. I have to mention just the probably the creepiest moment was uh, near the end where he's like, "This is the actress who played Maria the Weaver," and this is what she told me in real life oh, was yeah. that the devil is real. I have seen him sitting at my bedside. Oh. That's when I just got the chills. I, was the, like, I just oh. got I just got chills when you said that because I forgot yeah. about that part. And it's just like this old woman is so. Uh, like, it, it, like She's playing. So po- old. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I guess it's, I'm so old, and and like you know that she was. It's it's not like she was fucking with him, you know. Like mm-hmm. she genuinely believed. She that. believed it. He's like at this point in shooting. She she told me that she she uh, knew that the devil was real, and he was standing by her bedside. And I'm looking at this old woman's face. I was like, this woman's not lying. Like she she also lived. <laughs> She also lived when life sucked. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, <laughs> nineteen twenty. It was the Roaring Twenties. What are you talking about? Nineteen twenties were awesome. Before man. it. Oh yeah, I guess she's she was old as fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> um, she was two hundred year olds years old when she made this movie. <laughs> Uh, you were talking about the the tor- I I actually skipped oh, yeah. past the torture devices altogether. Um, which is dumb because that was one of my favorite parts too. I'm like, I'm weirdly obsessed with the idea of medieval torture devices. Like, I'm not that's why you like saw. No, wait, saw I guess movies. I guess yeah. Actually, that's yeah, that's a good point. Like, it's 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 weird to see how depraved the human mind in the can- bedroom. <laughs> It's it's weird to see how depraved the human mind can get when it's trying to hurt other humans. Like I don't enjoy it, but it's, it's uh, messed up. It's in- yeah. it, but it's interesting to see. You know, like there's some there were some people who were so like probably sociopaths sitting around thinking how can I really effectively hurt people, and then they were hired to make these devices. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a it's it's a fucked up thing. To fuck yeah, up, why to fuck so up part many? of human history. Yeah. The pair of anguish, right? Like who like there was some dude that came up with the pair of anguish and he's like, Yeah, this is dope. <laughs> Mike says, I think this effective effectively makes me a sociopath. Meaning you or oh, me? Both of us. Yeah, both of us. <laughs> um yeah. Anyway, I, I I think that's all we need to say about Hacks and like mm-hmm. this version that we watched is uh it's on YouTube. 
I def mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend it. Go check it out. Yes, absolutely. Um, Mike's doing a hold on kind of thing. What? He's no, got something I just, important. I just wanted to say, you said this version of it. There is another version <laughs> from the 1970s that I actually watched probably about half of. I skimmed through it, and it's fantastic. Um, they cut a lot out. This movie, the original movie from 22 is like an hour and 40 minutes, I think it was. The version from the 70s was re-edited and cut down to like an hour and 19 minutes, I think. However, it's uh, has narration in it now. Instead of it being a silent film, they added narration, and that narration is done by none other than William S. Burroughs, who is my favorite beat writer of all time. He's fucking fascinating. Um, and I love his voice. And his wife creepy killer and, himself. And it's, ama- it's amazing. <laughs> wife killer. He didn't he kill shot his, his wife. He dead. shot his wife. Did he really? He, was, yes. he claims he was doing a William Tell experiment. He was. And he's, he shot her. Yeah, like the way, like when William Tell shot the apple off the dude's head. Did he, he really? How have he, I never heard that yeah. before? He, he's he's oh, well, apparently good, not. Well, good, he's well, apparently not your. He's um, apparently not your favorite he's a, beat writer. He's the Richard no, Stanley no, of the he's time. He's my favorite. I don't know. I, I know. I know a decent amount uh, about his personal life, uh, just knowing that like he lived in a poppy field for like six years of his life and doesn't remember any of it because he was literally high for just six so, years of his life. It's just insane. so smoke opium, that's, opium that's when every he wrote, day, all day. That's when he wrote Naked Lunch. The reason that Naked mm-hmm. Lunch makes no fucking sense is because uh, uh, Ginsburg went to go Gin, visit Ginsburg. him. Ginsburg. Sorry, I always, I always said Ginsburg. Gin, Ginsburg. <laughs> Not Jizzburg. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> Ginsburg went to go visit him and literally just walked into his house and found all these pages scattered on the ground in no discernible order whatsoever. And so they did their best to try to put it back together, but that's why it doesn't make any fucking sense is because it's all over the fucking place. Well, that's that's actually, pl- I mean, on purpose, that's plenty of uh, Burroughs works of no, art, well, though, because he not was... Not necessarily on purpose all the time, though. Well, um, I'm, Cities I'm per- of the I mean, Red Light... Is his best book in my opinion, though. Can I, I, fucking, I, can I tell I you fucking, to read that. Can I talk? I because no. he did because he was a he did the cut up thing too. He was like one of the he was like one of the uh, not originators, but like the, he he popularized the cut up method too, where he would write something and then he would literally cut it all up and rearrange the words to make a new narrative. Yeah, that's that's probably true, but. Um, um, yeah. No. Anyway. Yeah. Though, yeah William, but didn't you William also Burroughs, say? Didn't you also say that the score for that one was dog? Well, oh, that's shit? the downside. That's the downside. So Burroughs is amazing. His voice is just creepy as hell. Like over this version, mm. the thing that sucks though is that they rescored the movie, and it's this really. It, I'm sure it's a fine mm. score on its own, but put to it, it's this weird like '70s jazz score that's put over it, like, and it doesn't it. fit the well, movie. Yeah. At him, all. him being a beat off author, I'm sure that they put <laughs> some like beat some off beat author. No, beat off author. Him being a beat off, uh, a beat author. <laughs> him being a beat author. Churning the butter. Um, churning the butter. Actually, that probably that that's pretty accurate for. The, um, those particular scenes but yeah i'm yeah, sure they it, put like the, a beat jazz thing over it yeah it just doesn't work though it's distracting and it doesn't fit the film at all so that's the one downside of it um but yeah i i would recommend actually watching both i i think that you're gonna get different things out of both versions of it i'd like to see but, that one yeah it's shorter it's so yeah but definitely these, watch the longer one first all of these versions fantastic. are available on youtube so anybody can watch it's them fantastic right on um, okay. I'm gonna yeah. fade back into obscurity now. Yeah, do it, just like a beat off author, right? 
Um, <laughs> all right, so that's it for Hexen. You know, in the credits, they actually uh, spell it like that. H-E-K-S-E-N. Hexen. Oh, yeah. Like oh, actually, the, sorry. The... You know how this movie ends. <laughs> I didn't know this about uh, Danish, the language. Oh. But it just says slut. <laughs> Is that a is, for the end? So, so that's. <laughs> I guess it's sloot. Maybe sloot. 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 But I did not expect just. Oh, slut. Churning the butter, Mike. <laughs> churn the churn the butter, slut. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. That's it for hexen. I keep wanting to put like the the hexen. Um. That's it for Hexam from 1922. Next up, we're going to talk about The Call of Cthulhu from mm. uh, from 2005. Yeah, not not 1920s. A silent movie made in 2005. Somebody. From the new millennium. Somebody was getting edgy as fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it's only right that we... I think it's only right that we start... Well, I'll wait until Mike gets back. Uh, but I, I, oh, okay. I lost it. Where'd it go? Here we go. Um, are we, are we pausing? No, it's all right. Uh, yeah. So, and I'm also trying to pull up the damn, I apparently didn't have it open on IMDb, but that's fine. Uh, so the call of, the call of Cthulhu from 2005 is, uh, an Andrew Lemon film. Lemon? Lehman? Lehman? Of course, it's uh, it's based off of the short story by H.P. Lovecraft and adapted for the screen by Sean Brannery. Is there anybody? Uh, is there anybody actually notable in this movie, or is it pretty no, much? No, it's a very low production, very low key sort of deal. Low budget. <laughs> low, <laughs> low low budget. You know, very it was low production. It was low budget, but like, I I thought that they did some really cool things with this movie uh, in mm-hmm. terms of filming. Uh, in terms of like, um, kind of paying paying homage to, you know, like old old school actual was, silent films, like some German expressionism yeah. type of stuff. Um, there some, was a charm to it for sure. Some of the camera tricks that they did to pull off certain things, I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah, and this is actually only like forty five minutes long. Yeah, it's a quick watch it, or forty seven. Uh, it's hard to find though. It is kind. Of, yes. It is kind of hard to find. So, um, that's kind of a bummer. But uh, I would actually, I, I would if I don't, I don't buy a lot of physical media. But because this one is so hard to find, I might actually buy this one. Really? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, would, nice. What did you think about it? I, I thought it was okay. Like I, I enjoyed it, <laughs> and. I actually, because I've never read The Call of Cthulhu, I read the short story this week, mm-hmm. um, and I found that to be uh, really cool, but uh, kind of a difficult read, because, I mean, I like, I've, I haven't read a lot of H.P. Lovecraft, mm-hmm. and I know, like, his stuff is pretty intricate, dense, like, <laughs> he uses a lot of words I've never heard of. It's, um, it's also just a, a lot of it is, like intertwined you know yes this is like someone writing a manuscript based off his great uncle's manuscript who heard stories from this guy from a hundred years ago right or like it's like well and then and then hp lovecraft hp lovecraft loves dropping in references to his other works in 
the story that you're reading. So it's mm-hmm. like if you don't know about if you don't know about Cthulhu and you're reading something about uh, like uh, Nyarlathotep. I don't know if that's how you say that. That's how that's how I've always read it. I mean, that's how, that's how it's spelled. Nyarlathotep. It's hard to say, but if you don't know anything about those characters and he starts talking about them in one of the stories, it's like, whoa, hold on, who the fuck is this now? <laughs> and it it's like there's no expose really. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you, does that you, happen you, in this one? Uh, in the actual short story, or in the yeah, movie? Do, do you know if he references? Well, either does he reference back to any of his other stuff? I don't think so. Uh, I, think I mean, this like, was if like he, at the he, beginning, if he makes reference to like, I haven't read the short story in like ten years, maybe. But if he makes reference to you know, like if he's talking about the old ones or, or uh, right or um, uh, you know, like he's he he talks. I guess that would be the only reference that maybe he would make in in this because they're specifically talking about the the sea creatures. Does he talk about the old ones at all in the short story? Oh yeah, Th- this is actually <laughs> extremely faithful to the short story. Oh, There's it like is? just a couple things in the beginning and end. But like, in the uh, movie, they don't but, different. But in the movie, they don't make reference to that at all. You know, they say the old ones once, I believe. In the movie, they did. Yeah, one one of the when they're hearing the story from the guy. I'm I'm almost certain it was in the one of the inner titles. Okay. They say old ones. Okay. Um But yeah, it was uh it was more like I knew it was going to be a low budget, but it was more low budget than I anticipated, which is fine, but uh the thing that kind of kept taking me out of it was unfortunately, it's not their fault, it, but it it was clearly shot on like a digital camera and made to look like a silent yeah, film. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of took me out of it, but I don't want to like you know, that's not their fault. There it were was just there the, were certain they scenes, had what they could do. There were certain scenes where they pulled it off a little better. I think everything that involved the uh, the main character, who I think is credited as just the man, mm-hmm. um, I thought he looked really like he, everything about the his scenes, the lighting, his makeup, everything about him. Like there was in in silent films, like back in the in the day, there was always some weird thing about uh men's lips looking a lot darker than they were supposed to like they're they yeah they did like very theatrical makeup yeah. back then and like their eyes were darkened and right lips were darkened so they could see their mouths move so i thought he from the back seats <laughs> i thought he looked really good in all of his scenes like i i actually thought he was uh the most convincing as like a silent era um actor yeah, i'll, I'll I'll agree with that for sure. Uh, there was a lot of really cool stuff though, like in in a couple of his dream sequences, um, or maybe did he only just have the one dream dream sequence? I think he had two actually, but in it like in the one they did, uh, well, first of all, like we said, um, there was a lot of callbacks, like a lot of they were paying homage to like German expressionism and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like all those weird angular. Yeah, angular shapes in the dreams, and like every once in a that while, the really camera cool. was sort of on a on a tilt, you know. So it kind of called back to stuff like um, Cabinet of Doctor Caligari and stuff like that. Yeah, and then they I will did... say this. Oh, go ahead. So, 
uh, uh, this was like the perfect way to tell the story too. Oh like, yeah, this story needed to be a silent film from the twenties. It just never got made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like the perfect way. Definitely perfect format. Definitely. Um, there were Cthulhu himself left a little bit to be desired. <laughs> I, I I understand what they were going with with the like for the with the the stop motion claymation kind yeah. of thing, but I don't. I thought he, I I wished he would have looked a little cooler. But, it was um, kind of a missed opportunity. It was charming. Some of but there was there was some really cool like forced perspective kind of stuff they were doing in the dream sequences too. Like the one in particular that I'm thinking about is um the man, he had a dream and there was some books that looked like they were like these towering monoliths, but you could mm-hmm. tell that they did like a forced perspective kind of thing where they actually just had the books a lot closer to the camera to make them look like they were and even the way he interacted with it like where he's looking around you could yeah. you could kind of tell what they did but at the same time it looked good enough to where it had like a really cool kind of charm to it um so i i thought th- I, th- I thought they did a pretty good job and then with like the yeah. island of Re- uh Relia, is that how we you learned it <laughs> really yeah. With the island of Rillier, I thought that was really cool looking. Um, kind of reminded me of uh, what the hell's the the something of the giants? Have you ever seen that thing in Scotland? It's like the uh, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that like the towers of the or the pillars of the giants or something like that. I forget. Mike, it is. is it the pillars of the giants? I don't know the actual name of it. See, if, I know see, if, about. see if you can find it for me. It, it kind of reminded me of that, like these big, like monolithic, sort of angular, uh, you know, like big things. stone pillars that they were trying to find or we're trying to thing, climb up. Some of the things from the Neverending Story, right? <clears throat> from the Neverending Story. <laughs> They're going through the two big, big guys. No, two big guys. What? <laughs> uh, Mike was asking if Cthulhu looked different. Would it have looked inappropriate for it being a throwback to silent film? No, because in Hexen, they successfully did stop motion and like the creatures in it. They could have even done like Godzilla style with a guy in a suit and that, and made him look big. Right. I think that and they, that would have been really cool. Because there were a, this was there like were shoddy stop motion because of low budget problems. Right. I think. And they did some green. They they did some green screen shots. There was in this a lot movie. of green screen. Yeah. And so if you're gonna do that, why not just have you know, like you just said, a dude in a giant Cthulhu uh, makeup, in a giant Cthulhu yeah. costume, and then shoot that green screen. You know, that, I think I that would have looked. That's my. I think you just pinpointed my problem with the movie was. Yeah, they were like, because I did read, they called it mythoscope process, a mix of modern and vintage techniques, Mm -hmm. which is cool. But yeah, if you have, if you are going to do green screen, if you are going to do some modern techniques, Cthulhu is the main, like the big thing at the end, like go, go modern. Right, (laughs) right. Make it really awesome. Or if you're going to do stop motion, make it the best stop motion, you know? Yeah, the best you can do, like take time with it. Um but I mean, it is a skill, so you know. It, I just feel like that maybe would have maybe that was the best they could do. I, just, I don't know. I, I feel like well, I have no doubt that the guy who was in charge of the stop motion was a talented guy. It takes a lot of talent to be able to do something like that. Yeah, it, it's a hard. But I just thing to do. I just feel like Cthulhu was not that physically imposing. Like, look at the cover art for this movie, right? 
The, yes, could, could, the cover art's amazing. The cover art is so cool, and Cthulhu himself is just fucking towering over the the island of Relia here. And I would rather have an animated sequence with like this artwork, absolutely, in the background. Yeah, you have green screen. Just do do that. Right, right. He looks. He look. The cover art for this movie is so cool. I really, really like it. Um, and I don't know, like Cthulhu is just you know, it's just such a legendary character. You got to do it justice, you know. And yeah. I feel like they did. I feel like they did such a. a I'll, I'll say what's if you say <laughs> if you say great, and you say average, or great and pretty good, and then you average that out. What would you say? Good. I guess good. good. They did a pretty. Fair. They good. did a pretty good job with this movie. And then I feel like when it came to Cthulhu himself, they just kind of fucked it up. <laughs> Mike? I just went online to try to find like a different version of Cthulhu to see if there was like another movie that like did it better, like an updated, you know, like animated movie or something, right? To give off a better version of Cthulhu. First website that comes up, I go, oh, the 16 of the best Lovecraft movie adaptations. If it's going to be there, it's going to be on this list. I pull it up or whatever, uh, click on the link. It's from beyond the void <laughs> it's their it's their 16 movie countdown <laughs> so so what, i just thought that was good funny job. we'll have to listen to the episode <laughs> i just thought that was funny well that's their uh who's the guy that they have who's that guy that they have writing for them that does all those countdowns he actually does a pretty damn good job his countdowns are usually uh does it have his name on there <sighs> probably at the very bottom here let me see <clears throat> i want to say it's a it's a pseudonym I can't remember what it's called. Eric Myford? Oh, it, well, it is Eric Myford. I thought that he went by something else, though. Uh, I can't remember. Edricor? Huh? Is it Eddie Accor? Ford my Eric? I don't know. I'm going off. I'm going based on his Twitter name. Doesn't matter. I don't know. I don't know. It, do, it doesn't matter. But yeah, he he does. My Eric Ford? He, uh, he, he does some good countdowns for them. I like, mm-hmm. I like his stuff. Um, yeah, but... Uh, I don't know, like I, I I thought that I thought I thought it was overall I thought the movie was pretty cool like the 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 story itself captured like the it captured the I hate saying the word the short story I hate I hate saying the word essence because you sound like an asshole when you say it but like it captured the essence of what uh, such an asshole <laughs> what um H.P. Lovecraft's story is because. H.P. Lovecraft's horror is, to me, is like, it's it's so much scarier in that it lives kind of in what is left in the unknown realm, you know? And that's kind of his whole, that's kind of his whole deal is like, he was, mm-hmm. he was afraid of the unknown. And he fills in those blanks in the un- in the unknown just enough to where you, like it sparks your imagination, like uh, you know he talks about he'll talk about in in he'll talk in vagaries about like uh, like the crawling tentacled beasts within a certain realm, right. but he doesn't go into like he doesn't go crazy into detail about it. So you're left no, thinking like it's more like the effects it has on people, like they go mad exactly, they, like and it's chilling to like what did they see? That's that the made perfect them go way mad? to that's the perfect way to put it. Like to me, there's something so much scarier about a, about 
seeing somebody who has lost their mind because they've seen something that uh, the human mind just can't handle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's just, that's terrifying to me. I do have like kind of a critical question. <clears throat> yeah. Um, did you find this scary or suspenseful at all? Um, n- no, not, re- not scary. Definitely not. Like I, I, there was parts. I felt the same about it. And I think I know why. Let's hear it. I think it's the music. I felt like the music was more of like an adventure. Yeah. Sounding 20s sounding uh, orchestral score. Yeah. And I was like, so I popped on Nosferatu because I forgot what that sounded like. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's some similarities, but there's definitely more of like a horror, scary mood to it. It's like a darker feel. Yeah. And I'm like... They definitely, that would have been really better for the uh, scenes where they're on the island or like finding the cult. Yeah. You know, dancing around the fire and there's those dead bodies. But it was like kind of like this adventure. And they had the drums, but they sounded like snare drums. Yeah. yeah. Like, this just makes me think these cult guys have snare drums. (laughs) That doesn't sound right. Like, use a timpani or something. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? But, um, yeah, I just like the the score on its own was good. It, it definitely felt like twenties, but I'm like, yeah, why why not make it scary? Right, like a little more suspenseful, just darker overall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, there were parts, there were part, parts toward the end of the movie, like on uh, the island, and you know when Johansson was or Johansson, whatever his name was, Johansson. Um, you know during that part of the movie where it, it kind of it kind of turned or leaned into the sort of darker score yeah, that was a little my bit favorite where it was part, better for sure um yeah the the whole the whole uh the whole story that part of the story where the crew was on the island i thought was really cool you you saw like the not only the island of Rillier, but like the carvings of the old ones like the almost like the they looked a lot like the characters from Dagon we were talking about that earlier um and like I said, they could yeah. they could have fucking they could have nailed it had Cthulhu just looked way better. <laughs> and it just yeah. it just looked he just <laughs> left a lot to be desired. His wings were tiny, and he just like his neck was really skinny. That's what yeah, pissed me like off. This... I was like, dude, Cthulhu shouldn't even have a neck. He should just be this big fucking meaty dude, just jacked so... out of his mind because he's a god, right? But he's yeah. got this skinny little pencil neck. I'm like, what is this? He shit? reminded me of like. An original drawing of the Ninja Turtles, yeah. <laughs> like the very first drawing yeah. they did. Tiny neck and a huge head. That's With tentacles. That's a to- th- 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 that's a toddler's dimensions. It you kind know? of felt like they were leaning towards the like. Wasn't the uh, what did Mike just say? No, it's was not it, pronounced Chulu. Was it, it Chod? What was it Chodthulu? Oh, was it Chodthulu? Oh, Chodthulu. <laughs> that's Chod. It was Chodthulu. Oh, I would actually call this one Chodthulu. That's pretty accurate. I will say here too, there, not to not to come out of my retirement here. Um, and looking up other movies that like had maybe a better representation of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. the only thing that I'm finding, and this is a big womp womp kind of thing, is that everybody was super excited about this proposed Richard Stanley trilogy of Cthulhu movies coming up because he wanted to actually really dive deep into Lovecraft. And now it's really disappointing because that seemed like it was going to be 
the um, the first like actual example of proper Cthulhu on screen. Well, hold and now on. It's probably shot to shit. Hold on. There is another movie that came out <laughs> recently that I don't know if you guys have seen it or or if you've heard this spoiler. So I don't want to say the name of the movie necessarily. Is there a movie that secretly is yeah, a Cthulhu yeah, movie Mike, out there? Yeah, Mike knows what it is. He's mouthing the word. Okay, don't tell me. I, I yeah, will say so, this. What I know about that movie is that don't it, say wasn't, anything. it wasn't supposed to be that, though. That's the thing. Yes, it, it was. It was okay. not written to be that. But it was, But though. it kind of became that. No, no, no. It was. I thought that they said that it it, ended, it was. So I, I haven't seen the movie. So I don't I know how seen, it ends. I haven't I just seen know the movie. Read. I haven't seen the movie either, but I, I thought that it came out that this it was, in fact. Great radio right now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to say the name of the movie, but it came out recently, and it and it turns out that there is a, a Cthulhu type character in it, and it was a surprise to everybody because nobody knew that this was the type of movie this was going to be. And like I said, I'm That's not going to. Cool. I'm not going to say it. So this is all very vague, and and yeah. if you know, you know. Um, it's like a Shyamalan twist, sort of. Yeah. Uh, but as far as like as far as like awesome represent uh, representations of. Um, of that character, mm-hmm. it sounds like that was. It sounds like they nailed it with that one. So there. But to comment, comment on Mike. What Mike's <laughs> que- like comment? Um, I feel like there's filmmakers out there. If Spectre Vision continues with someone else. There's someone. There's got to be someone who loves Lovecraft and could do a good job. I know Richard Stanley would have had a very original We've, vision. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Pathos, or Pathos Pan- Cosmonos. Panos, Panos, Panos Cosmonos. Panos Cosmonos could, could very easily take this over with his own style and whatever. It's, well, we only said, though, we only said that doing based other on, stuff. Like, we only said that based on... Well, get him to stop. We only said that based more so on his... Uh, like his his color palettes, his use of light and stuff like that. When it comes, what's Del Toro fine. doing? These Steven, days? Uh, what's his name that did the Void? He could do it. Oh, Stephen Kostansky. Yeah, he could. Do now it. that like, now, there's a, yeah, because the, the Void is the Void essentially was do it. the Void essentially was, um, Lovecraft. that was Lovecraftian horror. Yeah, like, and I think and that, that would be a good awesome. pivot for SpectreVision too. If they just continued, oh hell yeah, like yeah, don't worry about the director. Oh yeah, we're gonna make some awesome movies. Absolutely, and there's, yeah, there's pl- do some great there's, Lovecraft. There's plenty of people out there who could, who could pull it off. I think, um, and I hope they do because I was excited about yeah. the idea of getting a. This getting color a, out of space was amazing. Uh, it's color out of shape and a great album. <laughs> <laughs> um, you do you have much more to say about about this movie? No, that's that's about yeah. it. It was a short. It was a pretty it was, like short movie. Yeah, it's forty six minutes long. It's a quick watch. Uh, I enjoyed it. There was last. There was a little bit. There was a little bit uh, left to be desired. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good. I thought it was a pretty good movie, and I thought that it was just. I thought it was cool overall that a a group of people in two thousand five would want to make a silent film. Because who the fuck does that, yeah. right? You know? I thought that was a really cool well, idea, was, for sure. It was made from the Lovecraft Society. I believe that this was... Yeah, yeah they've done others, actually. Yeah. I think it's like uh, Whispers of the Dark. Is that what it's called? Whis- the Whisperer in Whisper Darkness. Darkness. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, so that's another Lovecraft. I don't... Neither one of you... Have either one of you guys watched... Speaking of Lovecraft <laughs> horror and also speaking of, you know, just people who do, do Lovecraft horror awesomely, have either one of you seen uh, In the Mouth of Madness? 
John Car- yes. John Carpenter. You guys did it on the show, didn't you? Well, you were on for our John Carpenter episode where we talked True, about yeah. all 23 movies, but all of us none of us <laughs> what kind of, none of us none of us have seen all 23 <laughs> movies. So, I know you've seen In the Mouth of Madness. Have you though, uh, Mike? No, we. Oh, you haven't. We have to. I thought you guys did. We it. no, we just okay. no, we just talked about it on that episode. That's it. Okay. Um, we need to watch that movie and talk about it on this show because it's so fucking good. That'd be great. It's so awesome, and it's uh, and to me, it's it's one of those ones that captures the feeling of of Lovecraft pretty well too. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I got for this one. I thought it was fun. I think that people should check it out if they can find it. It's kind of hard to find. Um, yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, next week, Mike will be back. Maybe we might have a third person in here just to bounce some, some extra talking points off of just so that Mike can keep his, uh, keep his vocal cords in good condition. But, uh, I will probably be back more next week than I was even this week. You know, we're kind of adding me back little by little. That's all. Which is which is the best way to add Mike back into your life is just little by me. little. <laughs> all right. Uh, um, That's what she said. All right. Well, if you want, if, if you want to find us before then, you can find us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. You can find us on all streaming platforms, including. Apple uh, Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on pretty much all third-party streaming apps. So, uh, you know, look us up. Listen to our show. Share us with your grandma, because Lord knows that bitch is going to love this this well, show. She was, she was probably alive when in 1922 when Haxon was made, so she <laughs> might enjoy this. That's true. You know what I realized about Haxon? It was, <laughs> it was that uh, regardless of what point in time you are at in history bitches are just crazy <laughs> but we've realized that that's at this point in history that that's not really an excuse to set them on fire <laughs> <laughs> uh and before we go one last thing uh just a quick word here from our sponsors at the cult of cthulhu <laughs> 